Hey everyone, Francesca here, out on maternity leave. What you're about to hear is a bonus episode from the archives originally recorded for the Frantifa, the Bituation Room's awesome patrons. They get new bonus content every week. And if you're thinking, hey, that's cool she's releasing stuff while she's out, and damn, that's a good story, and I should join the Patreon and support a new mom who's going to raise her kid to beat the crap out of Mitch McConnell as a 15-year-old so she can't face any hard time, then do it. Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash room. You get perks like shout-outs, 20% off all merch, special access to AMAs, and a special edition of the weekly roundup from me while I am away. And if you can't do that right now, I get it. Just make sure to leave this podcast five stars on iTunes. Thank you so much, and enjoy. story I've been wanting to do for a while and because it just is so bizarre but this week successfully uh REI in lower Manhattan in Soho uh formed a union so this is the REI union Soho victory this is their tweet by a vote of 86 percent workers have voted to unionize with RWDSU officially making REI Soho the first unionized REI store in the nation uh we go further together so that's very 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 cute um, and that's a retail workers union and it's, you know, this is off the back of like a number of Starbucks franchises also voting to unionize 86% is really good. Um, and it's exciting for them. I, the funniest part about this story, however, is like a few weeks ago, what was happening in the REI ether because REI, I think fancies itself like a very progressive uh, company you know they are like you're when you shop there you're like oh do you want to be part of the cooperative and you're like I don't know and you're like well you get five dollars off after a year or whatever the hell it is and you're like I guess so <laughs> you know there's all these there everyone's trying to be let me just be real everyone's trying to be very helpful I I find I we need more unions in REI because I feel like people they're helpful but then they'll sell me some bullshit but anyway all power to the workers job don't mean the shit on them that's because they're probably their bosses suck but a few weeks ago, REI management clearly was trying to thwart this effort. And they had they came out with their own podcast. And I have the transcript of the podcast. <laughs> They're really trying to um, talk to workers and appeal to them. And let me just read you how what kind of language they're using to talk to workers about why they shouldn't ultimately form a union. So this is. Uh, from February 3rd, Eric and Wilma, a Q&A. Wilma Wallace. Hi, REI. My name is Wilma Wallace, and I serve you as your chief diversity and social impact officer. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm speaking to you today from the traditional lands of the Ohlone people. <laughs> Bam. Eric Arts. Well, thank you, Wilma. Thanks for hosting, and hello to everyone that's listening. For those of you I've not had a chance to meet, I use he, him pronouns, and I'm speaking to you today from the traditional lands of the Coast Salish peoples. Wow. Later on, before I get your input, later on, it continues with, we do not oppose unions. It's that we don't believe, I don't believe, that introducing a union is the right thing for REI. And more specifically, I believe the presence of union representation will impact our ability to communicate and work directly with our employees and resolve concerns at the speed the wor of 
at the speed the world is moving. That's a great line. <laughs> and that is the core of why we don't think that introducing a union is the right thing for our employees. Because we have to work at the speed the world is moving. Some people don't want to work that fucking fast. How about that? How about people? <laughs> Some people would rather have justice than get on your time frame, bro. Um, thoughts on the <laughs> attempt to appeal to our I think it's fucked up it's always the job of the diversity person to be the fucking narc like we like <laughs> I think we <laughs> always they always say hi I know, I know you're here to really like help us get like more people of color and like different like you know genders here but can you also like crush their dreams and they're just like I guess I, this is a part of my job right. and I always side with like the employees I worked at the village voice it was a unionized mm. uh, paper and that was my first time really understanding what a union was I was like 24 25 and it really helped me tremendously it protected me uh, we had full coverage health care which was amazing because I ended up being sick and I had to be hospitalized for like 10 days and it oh was God. fully covered. Like all mm. of my medicine was covered. And I couldn't imagine at that age having to deal with hospital bills that were not covered at 24. And I was making like $29,000 a year as right. a staff reporter. And it, sorry, correction. I was actually making 32 because as soon as I joined, as soon as I got hired at the Village Voice, they were like, hey, do you want to be our diversity chair for the union? <laughs> Stop it. And, and I got like a, a bump up, like an extra two, three thousand dollars a year. <laughs> and so I was in these negotiations and I knew what the fuck I meant, but they needed a person of color to be at the union table. So I got to hear a lot of the conversation. So I had a better understanding. And oh, it's just wild to me. It's wild to me when you have people say, we don't want you to be protected because we're your friends. This is a family. And that's a red flag. If you go anywhere and they say we are a family, get unionized ASAP. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't know much to add other than the fact that their tactics, they've been using the same union busting tactics over and over for the last 50 years. And suddenly people are onto them because there's so much unionization happening that they're like, oh, what do what else can we come up with? I got it. I got it. This is it. Talk about stolen land. Yep. They'll completely distract away from the fact that they they're they can't pay for for their dinner at night or they can't get home on the subway because it doesn't work and they have to take an uber which costs 65 dollars and come on right i mean that's that's no it's and it's and it is just like it's funny because i you know i always push back on people who like throw identity politics under the bus because that is just it's another form of racism in my opinion i don't think it's mm -hmm. i think it's bullshit and i think class reductionism is is I believe in intersectionality and intersectional politics. But when you see people use bad faith, like pronoun usage and like native land usage, it just makes you be like, that's it. What is this to you? It's all performance to you. Mm -hmm. Just so you could just perform these things. And then, you know, suddenly you're on the side of good. No, you're literally telling people they don't need a union that, you know, and here's why, because, and and then it's so funny because they're so concrete with everything else. And they're like, um, communication we could how well do you currently communicate with your employees like do you really listen to them do you really give them like the shifts the times whatever that they want are you like no it's because you obviously are afraid for your own ass yeah. uh you don't want to have to listen to them I'm surprised at REI because they should be the ones who want people to be unionized. The fact that your business plan is selling kayaks to motherfuckers in New York City you should want the most <laughs> for everybody yeah, exactly 
Oh man. And this is yeah. just to like simplify it, this is actually a great example of of what this is about. You you know, they're trying to yes, they're they're weaponizing identity against unions, but they're also trying to separate identity from the labor movement, which we understand is in, it is is it is integral to the mm-hmm. labor movement because who are the majority of of workers in this country right now that are being affected by this economy, especially those who are on the front lines, forgot that they were women of color. And I think it's offensive that, you know, that these companies think they can get away with it. And frankly, Biden administration as well, because uh, hashtag frontline workers. Oh my God. Yeah. Just hire more cops. That's all. Just more co- I mean, and that's the other thing is like, it, you know, you're going to give a state of the union and you're not going to really like, we talked about essential workers for so long and that was under a Republican. We were talking about essential workers. You know, Democrats would have made it an even more bigger of, of a deal. And that's, it's like, we're so dumb. Our brains are so broke. You're like, you can't make the connection between a life-threatening pandemic and people not wanting to go back to work for bullshit, min- less than minimum wage and get like spat on by an anti-masker. Like, draw some fucking connections. Um, you're going to have, this is going to have to happen. Um, and the people who who hosted that podcast, they're middlemen and they know that they're doing that because they're just trying to keep their job. And so that's, I actually kind of sympathize with them because they have really no stake in this at all. They're sure. being told what to do by the higher ups, which means even more so why you should, you know, which is fucked up because they can't join a union. So you kind of have to do it or you get, or you lose your job. So that's like, that's yeah. the crux is like you reach up to a certain point and you want to go into management where you will get better benefits and more money, but then you're super unprotected because you can't join a union. But that's that's not actually true, isn't it? it? You mean like the managers also have, like there can be different tiers of unions. I feel like that that's what happens a lot in like even in I mean Village Voice was unique, but in blue collar or white collar jobs or like desk jobs, it's like well I better not form a union because I then I won't be able to get a raise or ascend. But that's not I feel like it's, that's also it depends on the company. Yeah, yeah, it depends. It depends. Like but- um, Starbucks worker, you know, the manager, Michelle Rice was a manager and kept trying to buy her out. And she was just like, I have a career. I do this because I'm getting health care. She was like, you can't do anything that's going to make me. And that's ultimately what it comes down to is it's, it's, I think it's a fair point, Chloe, is like people are just, you know, they're not trying to be the executives of REI. I mean, it, you really have to get like that high up for it to be at, at a stake. Um, right. And even like kind of pivoting that's already to go to Russia again, but you're seeing all these Russian soldiers um, defect and it's like they just they don't care. They're like, well, this is about Putin. So yeah. unionize the Russian military and maybe that'll work. Yes. Uh, Roller Dragon just has a comment saying it, it basically this is as stupid as like pink guns for girls. The ways that like conservatives, you know, kind of go out of their way and are like, oh, you make pink gun. And it's just so sad that liberal, like supposed liberals are going out of their way. I mean, they're not liberal. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like this also reveals that like companies aren't liberal or conservative. They just are there in the business of making money. I just want to know after. Sorry. No, no, no. Just to say, like, unless you're actually a cooperative, you're cooperatively owned, you're cooperatively run, no matter what green label, no matter how many kayaks you sell, no matter how much you want people to get outdoors and save nature and you donate a percentage, ultimately you're in the business of making money. And what a way to reveal your hand as trying to union bust like this. Yeah. I just want to say after that introduction of what what indigenous lands they were on, I better see REI celebrating Indigenous People Day and not Christopher Columbus Day. If you're going to do it, you got to do it all the way down. Oh, they will. 
They'll be like, they'll be like, actually, uh, the Wampanoag never had a union. Uh, in fact, oh they just knew how they to were, work together. You're like, oh, you've gone too far. Oh, yeah, like, they were like, free, free, free fry bed with a uh, fry boots. How many times would you say you've eaten at Applebee's, John Marco? Well, I'm on the road more often, and there are some places where Applebee's is the most, is the nicest meal you're going to get. <laughs> So I, I have been, uh, I'd say in the last five years, I've probably been eight times. Ooh, okay. Five times. I, <clears throat> what do you get? What's your go-to? You're like, this is safe. It's fine. I say, I, I try to get the salad and I say dressing on the side because that dressing is thick. <laughs> that is a, it is a, it is one of those places you gotta, you gotta specify. I want more, more lettuce than bacon. Uh, my salad please <laughs> I, I saw a salad at an italian place the other day and it was just like meat like it was like this isn't a, it's just like different kinds of meats and cheeses anyway uh not not to disrespect the culture but i one time had i i, I was in, stuck in oklahoma for a, sh a shoot i was doing for national geographic no big deal um, it was the longest time anyone would want to be in Cushing, Oklahoma, which is mm. the epicenter of like seven different pipelines. It was a story about fracking. And the only place to eat was, first of all, not a kombucha for miles, John Marco. Um, <laughs> I was so upset. Uh, no, but it, like it was just Applebee's and I, I had like the green beans. I'm like, maybe they'll be good. No, they were microwave like frozeny like gooey like still water on the bottom and it just oh, it was so gross i think i had the mac and cheese and even that was bad it's just bad it's bad food but i get it yeah if it's the only thing and you're like not gonna do fast is food again is applebee's in good in the neighborhood is that applebee's probably because then that neighborhood is hell uh it's <laughs> Paige is on the other side. She says, yes, it is eaten good in the neighborhood. Paige knew right away, by the way. Paige didn't Google that. Paige <laughs> said, oh, I know, the, I know the catchphrase for Applebee's. Paige knows exactly what kind of dressing she gets. She, like, brings her own, dude. She has her own little, like... Um, anyway, but, but okay, that's a preamble, and I, we have to hurry through this. It's a preamble to say Applebee's, um, turns out, uh, they are also gross on the inside. Um, and that is because this week we found out that one of the bosses at Applebee's, not a mid-level guy, uh, a man named Wayne Pankratz, um, in a leaked memo, we found out that he is basically celebrating the fact that there are higher gas prices because he thinks that's going to be good for business because employees have to live paycheck to paycheck. And that means they can start lowering their wages. And when I first saw this, I was like, what the fucking Ayn Rand economic school have you got? Like, what? Why does this make sense? But so you sort of look further into this. Is So this is Wayne's executive director of operations. Hey team, everyone has heard that gas prices continue to rise. The advantage this has for us is that it'll increase application flow, and that has the potential to lower our average wage. How, you ask? Yes, I ask. Most of our employee base and potential employee uh, most of our employee base and potential employee base live paycheck to paycheck. Hell yeah. Any increase in gas prices cuts into their disposable income. As inflation continues to climb and gas prices continue to go up, it means that more hours more hours employees will need 
sorry, that means more hours employees will need to work to maintain their current level of living. We're no longer competing with the government when it comes to hiring. Shut the fuck up. Stimulus money is no more, he celebrates. Supplemental income is no more, he celebrates. This benefits us as prices rise. People who were relying on unemployment money simply will have less money to spend, and it will force people back into the workforce. Oh, my God. Hey, listen, sometimes I like when these things leak because... It's not like they're the only ones doing this. You know what I mean? Like, this is kind of like the natural conclusion of the capitalist society we live in. But it's nice to have a reminder. Uh, (laughs) Even in that email, he said something about we need to get people's schedules faster so they can make us the primary job and squeeze in their secondary job. And it's a reminder that everything that, that they do, everything the boss man does, it is to fuck you over. You're like, oh, wow, they're getting our schedules early. That's nice of them. No, it's not nice of them. It's it's their way of manipulating you further. Yeah, it, it's always like this. So it's good when these things leak. But I'm like, they're doing this at Amazon. Of course. Oh, yeah. So we need we need people to notice. Oh, Applebee's lowered their wages. Ah, uh, Get them. Right. I mean, I feel like we know. Like we generally know they hate their workers, all corporations, and they, they generally hate their workers. But it is, you're right, it's nice to see that, ah, the confirmation. It's basically like people will be working longer hours. They will put up or shut up, and they're disposable to us um, if they say anything or try to do anything. Which, honestly, I actually, again, I dispute this premise. Like, I dispute that, like, at, things are tilting in the in in employers favors right now because i think we're seeing like the resurgence of a like a labor movement you know this week more starbucks franchises uh voted to unionize the amazon union votes are coming up there's a couple i believe a couple of warehouses coming up but but like this is what happens when there is a little bit of federal assistance is actually like workers do have as um doug henwood put it this economist like a little more fuck you money and here's this guy being like oh that was too much now we're excited to, for it to go back to the way things were and or worse, you know? Um, so I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I dispute it because I see workers rising up, but also he might be for like, he might be, this might be a premonition of what's, what's to come as yeah. As stimulus money and as any kind of assistance dries up. Um, Listen, next time I'm in, in bumfuck Michigan performing, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Buffalo wild wings by God. I'm going to go there and say, sorry, Applebee's. I'm getting some wings. I mean, yo, and look at the, look at, like, just let's talk about the wages. Applebee's workers earn an hourly wage of eleven seventy-five an hour. That's insane. And, and it's far below the average of pay of seventeen twenty-two an hour earned by people working in the leisure and hospitality sector in February, according to most recent government data. Not even. And they're, they're like, servers right i mean i don't go to applebee's that much but this is not fast food they come to your table and let me tell you when i'm at applebee's i'm not in a good mood so i'm <laughs> not either they everyone at applebee's they 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 are very upset that this is where they've ended up for the night so these servers deserve a, a little bit of extra love and well and the love they're gonna get for serving late at night and this is the last thing i'm gonna play for you is uh this is the owner of both applebee's and 
Um, IHOP, so it's Dine. I believe they're called Dine Corporation or something like that. Um, here's Here he is talking about their plans for those late night workers. And so nationwide across both IHOP and Applebee's, we're at about 85% of being fully staffed. And that's unchanged from the prior quarter. Most of those hours tend to be the late night hours for both IHOP and for, for Applebee's. And so we're doing two things. We're being very realistic about the short term and investing in recruiting and most importantly, retention. But at the same time, we're beginning to ask ourselves, is this the new normal? And is are these levels of labor and the difficulty in attracting team members to our restaurants and, and restaurants in the industry, is that what's going to look like for the next couple of years? So, you know, we're beginning to invest in and study things like robotics and, and AI and other operational efficiencies so that we can plan for the future as well as what we're focused on right now. Hello, John Marco. Would you like extra salad dressing? Oh, man. This is so bleak. I'm sorry. <laughs> you wanted more calories? The, you can the, squeeze the, my bum if you want. Ha, ha, ha. I do not report to management. None of these orders are going to be right. I feel it. <laughs> I know it. I know it in my bones. <laughs> these machines will not work. No. No, it's like when you're like trying to check out a self checkout and you you have like kombucha. Well, for me, this is the second time I mentioned kombucha. You drink a lot of kombucha. <laughs> it's a lot of ten times now. It settles my stomach. I'm way too in. I'm a fucking. I'm I'm a basic kombucha and kale bitch. I can't escape that fate. Um, well, yeah, and it's like oh, there's five or there's like two percent alcohol or not even like less, and they're like oh, you you can't you can't check out here. Robot don't understand. Oh. Oh God! I, so I, I went to a Whole Foods in New York. Which it was all self-automated, and they have they have all the staff there showing you how to use it because it's so right. fucking complicated. And you're like, guys, I have an idea. Ooh, the staff here to help me with the machine. Yeah. It's it is, is insane. It is insane. You know, I think a lot about every time you go to a bathroom where the sink is uh late. You know, you swipe your hands underneath. Yeah, and they're always broken. And you go, what was wrong with the turning system we yeah. had before? We were not ready to make this technological leap yet. You, being someone who knows how to dance, I don't know if you've ever worked as a stripper or an erotic dancer or an exotic dancer. I think that's what they're calling that, erotic, exotic. I never understood why it wasn't erotic because it's any yeah it's more that yeah it's not exotic no exotic is like a peacock like an exotic animal <laughs> yeah that's what you call exotic you know something that you know even with a peacock there's tons in like arcadia california you can just drive and you're all over in the streets you know did you feel like exotic dance kind of probably has some weird colonial root of like well the brown women like to shake their bodies in front of you know the soldiers a hundred percent there's so many words that are that are still racist that are i think and you know i think fusion is racist just in general <laughs> anytime i hear that i'm like i just get mad i think white meat i think anyone who eats meat but only eats chicken breast. Oh, grow Racist. up, grow up. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just a kid, really. If you only eat white meat, um, and I think kids tend to be bigots. 
So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they have. I mean, they are now colonialist of tendencies. They are now that we're taking away any kind of discussion about race. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We're just anywhere. a bunch of hang on to your chickens. The rest of the parts, because only the breast is gonna be eaten from now on. Oh god, you know, yeah. Oh, that's reminding me of like some undercover video I saw at a KFC chicken farm where like the chickens like are they can't walk anymore. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just. Yeah, they're just cooped up. Yeah. They're just giving up on life. You know what I'm saying? It's not, they're not even tired. They're just, they're just giving up. I know. They're not like the Portlandia chickens for sure. No, no. Yeah. But so, but the reason I say this, obviously, the digression uh, was a different, was a digression. But right. strippers, strippers at the Star Garden in North Hollywood in Los Angeles have been on strike this, for eight weeks now. And they say their working conditions are unsafe. They're not respected on the job. And things are coming to a head now. So it's been going on for months. But tonight, uh, this is, I believe this was earlier today. But tonight, after eight weeks on strike, Strip Strikes NoHo and Strippers Unite gave the owners of Star Garden two weeks to recognize their union. If they don't, then the strike is going to get real rough for the owners. They better recognize. And there are some photos of, I believe, workers and strippers who are there. Um, mm -hmm. so this was a, actually a week ago. Uh, so that means this is the week shit got real. So mm -hmm. shit has been getting real now. Um, and I want to explain a little bit more about what's been going on. Why did they form a union? Why did they decide to do this in the first place? What's going on at their workplace? So in late April, the star garden strippers voted to unionize with strippers United and caveat this is an article written by one of the founders of strippers united um so she writes a labor organizer organization i founded in 2018 they will become a new union created entirely for and by strippers which will operate independently from the traditional trade union bureaucracy on may 3rd the star garden strippers asked their employer to resolve their ongoing labor dispute through a card check agreement which states the star garden will bring the dancers back to work with the appropriate safety measures and voluntarily recognize strippers union united as their union. So that has not happened yet. Um, mm -hmm. And they have not been recognized. This is the writer of that author of that article, Antonia, who founded strippers united former dancer at the San Francisco lusty lady, which was one of the first places to ever form uh, uh, strip clubs to ever form a union. This was in 96. And honestly, since then, there's been like some chatter here and there, some attempts at unionizing um, strip clubs, but none as successful as Lusty Lady. And Lusty Lady actually went under, like they, it just folded. Mm. Um, mm. Nothing to do probably with their union and a lot to do with the internet, I'm assuming. Um, oh, okay, okay. I thought pandemic, but maybe not. No, it folded a while ago, but oh. um, the NLRB actually during this pandemic time, like in the last couple of years, did um, rule that uh, strip clubs, especially specifically in their case was in Ohio, but like that they should be recognized as workers, not just part-time employees um, and, and gig workers or, or um, independent contractors, excuse me, and that mm -hmm. they have a right to form a union. So there is some precedent um that this is legal so that's why the strippers in north hollywood at the at the garden star garden are you know they they're they're striking they're they're trying to get recognized now Good. i want to show you yes 
I want to show you their protests. This is about a month ago, I believe. And they are, there's, this is a TikTok, and there's different workers dressed up as different particular grievances that they have. So you might be wondering, other than having creepy dudes in your face all the time, what are the hazards of being a stripper and what are the working conditions like? So take a look. Hi, my name is Charm, and I'm a brilliant, beautiful, stunning, shimmering, shining pile of tetanus inducing, unattended glass on the ground. Um, I'm beautiful, but I might cut you. This is what happens when customers spill drinks on stage and in the lap dance area, and nobody bothers to clean it up because they're too worried about losing money for 0.5 seconds. So she's dressed in like Ooh. a glittery onesie and has yes. like wings and yes. she's the glass on the floor that nobody cleans up. Amazing. All right, I'm gonna watch a little, play a little bit more. And girls get little cuts on their sweet feet. Hi, I'm Lilith. I'm dressed as a bed bug tonight because sometimes when girls give dances in the lap dance booths, they come out with bug bites on their legs so. <gasps> that's disgusting she, she said she was a bed bug yeah because when no. you go to a lap dance room there's fuck you get bites <sighs> no so they good. need to spray that down they need to spray the customers down too yes yeah no that is so skeevy all right here here's a woman dressed as a firefighter I'm the OSHA safety inspector knocking on Star Garden's door. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm a customer covered in bugs. Eww. Oh, oh, what's this? Oh, 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 oh yuck, oh, more bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scabatha. I'm the rat that keeps crawling back into this club and crossing the picket line. I do have salmonella and I do bite. So she's dressed as a oh. rat. I have salmonella and I bet I'm I'm what and I bite and I'm crawling into the club. That's so gross to have to strip and be naked. Terrible conditions. Yes. I think there may be a little more. So I'm the stage, the busted ass stage that cracks and holes and blood on it. And what are you? I'm a hole. You're the hole in the stage? I'm the hole in the stage. <laughs> it's the blue in Stephen Kenny's heart. <laughs> and their conscience, where all the money falls through. <laughs> <laughs> straight to him. Okay, so she was the hole in the stage that they're saying they lose money through, they fall, they like fall in and they trip over and the, her friend was the busted stage. So these conditions are fucking awful. You can't run a business. You got to shut <laughs> it down. This is, that's just, yeah. what's up with these bug infested customers too? No, that's so, oh, that's no, so it's gross. Hollywood. Figure that out. North Hollywood, man. They're, they're, these are like, it's like their customers are rats. Like, is that what's happening? Um, let's be specifically, they write in their demands, this is stripper strike no-ho, we demand immediate reinstatement of people who were fired after um, 
and affirm that we will not be fired for standing up for ourselves in a dangerous situation with our customers when we call security to protect us and when we bring issues to the attention of management. Enforce a strict policy that no customer can film or photograph dancers in the club. In, enforce a strict policy that no customers can remain in the club after closing unless they're actively getting a lap, lap dance. Stop over-serving customers. Issue copies of our signed contracts and an employee handbook enlisting all of Star Garden's work rules and policies, including policies towards customers. Give security authorization to respond to our calls immediately and to remove dangerous customers from the club immediately without going through management first. So a couple of those notes. One stripper was fired because she complained that a customer was filming her mm. which it's like the big the first rule it's like this is live yeah bro and you can't film people without like even comics we get mad when people film our sets without our consent a hundred percent yeah i feel like are we are we more protected comedians <laughs> oh my god I think we, I think we are honestly. I mean, uh, everyone except for Chris Rock, obviously, R.I.P. from that slap. Uh, sure. You know, and I mean, Dave Chappelle, you know. But there, the, but the look what happened to the guy with security guard. Oh my God! He you know what I mean? They were protected. The like there was measures. You know, there was consequence. Not, not for these girls though. No, exactly. I can't imagine. I mean. I get mad when like the stage is too small or like it's something weird, you know, or like there's mm -hmm. something hazardous on stage when you're performing. I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this stage like the size of a shoebox? I can't just balance for, you know. Yeah. Or why is time. it wet? Oh, because I'm following a clown, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you clowns, people from the clowning community, but nobody cleans their shit up. After... Don't cancel Atsuko for talking about the clown community like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I think you're right. Like it's, it, and it's the same level because a lot of strippers are not classified as employees, just like mm -hmm. comics are not classified as employees. They're independent contractors. Um, we're we're paying all the tax burden, obviously, on us. There's no benefits. There's no perks, really, yeah. except for a few drink tickets here or there. Um, right. So, and yeah. yeah, no. And, and so it's crazy to see like, and it's great that they're actually organizing. The other thing I want to say is one of the, they talk about over-serving and that happens, you know, Atsuko, you know, where if someone is heckling you or they're really drunk, you will get booted from the club and there will usually be a bouncer there or some security. He'll say like, Hey, you know, can you either be quiet or it's time to leave because you're being disruptive? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's not happening in this case. Yeah. And that sucks because strippers are saving the world. I'm, I'm not saying, <laughs> yeah, I think they're, yeah, they're, they're providing entertainment. They're working tirelessly. It's a physical job. Oh my God. So, I can't, I mean, again, I'm, I'm someone that does not know how to twerk. And I, when I have tried, uh, not that they're twerking. I don't think they're necessarily twerking. But mm -hmm. when I have tried to twerk, I'm like, oh, I get like immediately heart rate goes from. <laughs> it's hard. I don't know how you do it, Atsuko. I don't know how you can dance. Aren't you like out of breath constantly? Yeah, I am. Yeah, that's why I don't. I'm not a professional dancer. That's why I don't. You know, these strippers are like it's a lot of arm strength, a lot of muscle groups, weird muscle groups you rarely even use. And yes. I mean, like, you know, people if they get um, 
you know, their, their, their T zone. They're like, you know, it's erotic, uh, parts that you're, you're taking care of for people. Mm -hmm. That is quite literally saving the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one thing I've, I've said on stage recently is, uh, like I have the best boobs of my life now mm. that I'm pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and like, I finally like understand only fans now because like you can't just give away boobs for free, you know? You yeah. Just like put them on the gram anywhere, you know? I think you should. Yeah. You need to, when you perform anytime now, just automatic more money for, for being, pregnant just shake it like take it up you know shake it in a little bikini top and make some money i mean honestly that's essentially what we're doing here right now this is the proverbial me shaking boobs for the Mm -hmm. frantifa and giving them extra content obviously for sure yeah and and like no no disrespect to some of my followers on the other but you know like your followers can be demanding and weird and like then you probably (laughs) Do you have any hate followers, Atsuko? You have people who are like, this is dumb. You know what I mean? Or like anyone who's mean? Um, I have had like comments like that, but they're not my followers. My my fans are 75% women. And I and you know, that that's I think it reflects in the way people comment. Uh tell me how to get that ratio because <laughs> I think I think I'm working with the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well that's also impressive about too. politics uh-huh no 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 but look i i'm well aware which is why every time there's like a, i have a fan who is not a cis man i'm like really not mm-hmm. that i don't love you cis dudes like i i do i appreciate appreciate you but um every time there's not i get extra excited is what i'm saying sure sure yeah and so don't be shy come come on down Come on down. Be part of the Frantifa. I may shake the boobies uh, at some point. But no, I have a lot of people who don't like me for my politics. and uh, But they'll follow me anyway because they think I'm cute. So they'll just be like, yeah, you know, so that- that's a hard. I know. I don't know what that feels like. That like that weird oxymoron. It's like not to draw correlations, but it's like why people hate follow AOC kind of like the, it's the like. Oh, no, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> like you're breaking my brain and you're like no yeah i mean there's it's fine it's it's okay um right anywho there's like that i'm exactly like aoc i have a friend like that that's that's cool i'm gonna boast about it (laughs) i have a friend who has uh unrequited haters on on (laughs) um I want to just say the garden strippers are building an arsenal of support. They've raised over $20,000 in donations and filed five unfair labor practice complaints with the NLRB. Some members became OSHA certified through the Teamsters and proceeded to file complaints for over 30 OSHA violations from roach infestations to fostering an environment where employees are blamed for unwanted touching and harassment from customers. When asked why they chose to unionize with Strippers United instead of approaching a more established union, Velveeta said, which is a great name, Longer term, a union by strippers for strippers holds the power to revolutionize the industry. And that's so true. Like, who better to understand the struggle than if you're in it or were in it? Mm-hmm. You're going to understand the specific needs. I mean, and I think that's why, like, I mean, a comedy union has never taken off, but. Uh, <laughs> fuck man if it ever did you would never trust anyone who wasn't a comic right um right 
Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And, and what's I crazy, wonder why not? I wonder, is it because we use words? Like literally our weapon is our words? Here's what I think about comics and comedy unions is that if you were to form or try to form a comedy union, um, the chances chances are you probably have l legitimate grievances and therefore you're probably like a um, touring but not world famous comic or even like nationally famous but just kind of a working comic oh, and sure. the backlash will inevitably be um, you won't get gigs because more famous comics will hate you um, you or they'll say I've never heard of you like you're not a real comic type thing. Do you know what I mean? Because the comedy is all about like who you know, who's more famous than you, who can mm -hmm. like help, you know, you can feature for them, you can open for them. It is uh I see what you mean. Climbing... It's not like an equal right plane, like like exactly. in the stripping industry, yes. Where there's right. this one job you're supposed to serve. Yeah. We don't all have to like bow down to like the biggest, baddest stripper, Dave Chappelle, and be like, please. You're so right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Hierarchy. It, yeah, the hierarchy of entertainment like really sucks. But that being said, you know, I think a lot of places could use like some fucking basic protections and mm -hmm. um you know, shitty gatekeeper bookers who like, you know, right. I, I hate. Anyway, um yeah. that's now it's about me. 